All right, everybody, welcome to Prepper Guy Podcast, another one. You're inside my new um, craft room slash studio. So I want to get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way first. I was going to talk, and probably still will, about prophecies and religion, but also um, QAnon, because I, I... I kind of remember QAnon's first prophecy was that Hillary Clinton would be in jail um, pretty quick. I, I think it was uh, October 30th, um, 2017. And that was like probably one of the first drops by Q when it became Q. And everyone was like, oh, wow. And then nothing happened. So, but as in most false prophecies and false prophets, uh, people still continue to go to church and hand them money, so whatever. Also, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about Nike's satanic shoes, but uh, I'm not going to worry about it because uh, Nike is now suing them. It was just uh, something somebody had done unauthorized using Nike shoes. So, I mean, I still think Nike's a bunch of dicks, but oh well. And then... Uh, I was listening to Mike Adams, and he was talking about these new robots they're coming out with and how these robots might be uh, coming after us eventually. I think they're Boston Dynamics are making these, you know, killer robots. And uh, his advice was, you know, maybe when you see these robots, you ought to be kind of considering uh, where do you shoot them because they could come after us, which I, th I thought was really an interesting concept because, you know, they could use these uh robots to come after you and I. I mean, you know, not beyond the government to be total dickheads. Um, so <clears throat> there's a, a a book I listened to on audio, and I think it's also on hard book, hardback, but it was called Robopocalypse. And it was about all of our electronics turning on us, kind of like Terminator, but different. And so uh, it's a good book. Uh, you'd like it. Um, Ends up being, I think, pretty long book. It was really good. Um, also, uh, I wanted to make an announcement that uh, I am starting a new website. It'll be called Prepper Gal. So uh, it'll be my sister site, Prepper Guy, Prepper Gal. And, and what got me uh, thinking about doing that was the uh, some of the posts I was seeing in a lot of the Facebook groups by women asking questions like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it seems like there's a, a big underserved group of preppers out there that kind of need to, somebody to just not speak for them, but to put together or curate content that would be more female-centric in, in thinking because they look at prepping different than most of us guys. I mean, most of us guys think prepping into the world, awesome. I need more guns, and we'll get to go camping a lot. And and I have expressed my theory on why the genre of end of the world and prepping and last man standing kind of bullshit is so prevalent in America because most men, you know, have put themselves on a path that leads us to a maybe a shitty existence that we weren't paying attention to. And now all of a sudden we're like, well, fuck, this sucks. You know, I got to get up and go to work. And it's just, 
So we, we internally pray or hope for an end-of-the-world scenario that would be kind of like we read in all the books and see in all the movies where, you know, of course, we would be the, the great hero that, that gets to, to save, you know, all the damsels in distress. And we would be the, the sheepdog with all the training that's like the coolest guy ever. But, you know, we want that only because we've allowed ourselves to get into a box of uh, working 24-7 and not having a fucking life. And this seems to be like a forced way out of that rut. It's like being hit from the side and, and your car is now shoved over back onto the highway or a better highway to where you're not in this rut anymore. And that's how I've always looked at it because I've always looked at my fascination with the end of the world. And I think, well, it would actually be a, a, a sucky kind of fucking life where you, you're you know, scavenging for every scrap of life and food and, and gear and stuff. And, and, you know, for a prepper, that wouldn't be too bad because we'd have it all already, you know, if we were paying attention. So I, I think that's the thing where women, from what I've seen from most of the, the questions and stuff, are not in that rut as much. You know, they, they, you know, a lot of them are married, have families that I've talked to and stuff that, you know, their life is pretty much the same as it would be in an apocalypse you know, if the world ended in a shit hit the fan kind of way, because they still stay at home and raise the children and cook the food and, and, and a lot of them garden and can and do all this stuff. So their concerns lie around the fact that it's like, how do I protect my family if something happens to my my husband, my mate, you know, my boyfriend, whoever I'm with, my brother and family, if something happens to them, I'm just a lonely girl. How am I going to protect my little children from that fucked up world that in which, you know, she would now live in? So they look at it from a different perspective. And, and, and I've narrowed it down. I ask a couple um, Facebook groups, you know, a question of like, you know, in, in order of importance, what's more important to you? And it, it seems to keep dropping back to the main ones of like protection for the children first aid and then food acquisition and then all the other things like down below it like canning and all that stuff and but really making soap hygiene you know like the top four with a, with guy preppers is beans band-aids and bullets um so the beans are the food and the band-aids is the first aid and then the bullets well not saying that women prepper gals don't need those things either but I think they look at them in order of importance differently based on their children and their family because they're more family-oriented that way, mama bears. So that will be the new uh, uh, website when I get it up and running. And I'm just going to curate content. And I, and if any of my uh, listeners that hear this are, are women preppers, then uh, get a hold of me at Mark. Uh, at prepperguy.com because I, I'm looking for people that would like to write occasionally. This is a non-paying gig, okay, but would like to write longer, you know, articles and, and things that bother them or what's important to them or how they look at this end of the world situation that could happen and what they 
feel are more plausible trigger effects that could cause this because, you know, I want it written for women by women that are preppers and survivalists and understand that this happy little fluffy world we live in uh, could come crashing down really quick. I mean, when you saw the disruption of services or, or products and, and the supply line with that ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal, which I think was intentional. But, you know, five, 600 ships were, were bunched up and couldn't get through. And, you know, to go around would have just been astronomically longer and cost prohibitive. So they kept waiting, thinking that they would get it out. And they did. They finally freed that up today, which is Wednesday the 29th or whatever the fuck today is. So um, it's out, finally. But they were, they were saying it was four to $500 million an hour of trade that had stopped and wasn't moving now. Goods going bad, not being delivered, jobs lost. Um, it, it trickles down, that cascading effect. So that's that as far as housekeeping. If you're a, a prepper gal and want to be involved in prepper gal, a website that I'm putting together, then let me know. I think it would be awesome because I need lists of lists for women by women that think it's important because us guys are different. We think different. And, and I think there should be something for the prepper gal also. And then we're going to have a line. I'm pointing over there because this is where I keep a lot of my stuff that I've done as far as uh, products. And the new one will say prepper gal. Um, coffee cups. I don't know if you can read that. What is happiness? It's the moment before you realize you need more coffee. And then we will have the prepper gal logo on it. And then a lot of these uh, things will still be uh, more of maybe more prepper gal oriented with a girl on there. So that's the master plan. And uh, if you want to be part of it, let me know. If you have any ideas for products, let me know. Mark at PrepperGuy.com. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the false prophecies from Q and many religions and churches. And we've all heard about the church that, you know, the members run out and sell everything and think the world's going to end. And then they go hide in a bunker or something and then nothing happens. And it seems like human nature is that we never really question that and go, oh, what the fuck happened, Bob? You know, preacher Bob. You know, I, I gave you all my money and sold all my shit. And now I have nothing. And now I got to turn to the church and expect you to feed my family because I have nothing. No, they continue on rebuilding and redonating to this false prophet. And, 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 it, and I think it is we want hope so much. But when we're talking about, you know, prepping and, and the rut, we want, you know, we, we look for a way out through fiction. But when it's religion, it gives us a different kind of hope. It's like, yeah, QAnon has a plan. Trust the plan. 
trust the man. And it, and it really stops us from being truly, I guess, religious or political in nature, you know, because you're, you're removing yourself from the, the reality of what you could be doing for your own salvation or your own um, freedom and liberty as, as getting involved in politics. So I find it offensive um, when QAnon does this and, and they got a lot of followers and, oh my God, you know, I've been watching this series Q into the storm. I don't know how long of a series it will be, but I've watched one, two, three, and four. And, and, and it hasn't changed my outlook on Q at all. It's it's just like, it's a big pipe dream and, and people lying, just like when you look at religion and, and you see them lying about God's going to do this and God said that. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you know I'm a really good person. And I was active in a church for a very long time. I never got that memo that actually said, hey, Mark, you need to do this. To go to heaven or whatever. In fact, I never even got a, a memo from him saying, I wrote the Bible, keep reading it. So people will say, well, the memo is the Bible and, and the Holy Ghost is your your key to knowing it's true. And that's fine. A lot of people believe that. And, and by all means, if it keeps your head screwed on straight in this fucked up planet, then keep doing it. I question things a lot more than that. And so when people are looking for this hope, and I see religious leaders lying to them, it offends me. And I made a comment to somebody one time. I go, you know, it's almost like a, a gentleman's club or a strip club. You know, it, it's like this, this promise of this beautiful woman being with you if you give them enough money. And, and they will hang out with you for 10 minutes, an hour, couple dances and as long as the money keeps flowing they're very interested in you but the minute the money stops they walk away and we write that off well it's it's her job i knew she wasn't going to marry me come on not stupid but down deep you were you were you were perceiving it as some kind of possible happenstance and 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 when i see religions do that it it aggravates me because they're the same you're taking someone's money. You're taking away time out of their life that they could be with their family, going to your church meetings and listening to your bullshit when you might be wrong. And a lot of these religious leaders I've talked to, they are wrong. They know they're wrong, and and yet they continue to do it. And when you question them on it, they go, well, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching the Bible. I went to college to learn how to teach the Bible. And as long as I read a scripture read a scripture, and then expound on it, I'm doing nothing wrong. Okay, well, you could be right. And uh, I can read those scriptures and expound on them like I'm doing right here and how I perceive them and I'm doing nothing wrong. No, I'm the, the fucking Antichrist because I'm telling people, maybe you should use your fucking head and think about this stuff. But I, I get yelled at. But when these churches sit there and read the Bible and, and then all of a sudden, now they want to sell you a blessing because they don't call it that, but that's what they're doing, you know, like, you know, donate and come to church and be all active and all this stuff and, you know, yeah, well, give us money and donate your time for free. 
to the this group or that group or the Boy Scouts or whatever, which are kind of in a bad way right now, but whatever. And then uh, if you need us, we'll give you a blessing. Well, really, by what authority will you give me a blessing? Well, because I've read the Bible. It says I can bless people. No, because see, I've read the scriptures too. And in the Bible, it says during the Dark Ages, he took all of his authority from mankind. Now, that's pretty simple. You don't have to have a Bible degree to understand that when somebody says, I took all my, being God, authority from mankind, that means it was it was gone. So look at it this way. People back before the Dark Ages had God's checkbook, and they could write checks, like pay to the order, Bob, um, a blessing of he will stop doing this and that. And he'd write a check to God, and God would cash it and make Bob stop doing that, if he had faith. So he took that checkbook. You couldn't write checks on it. No one could write checks on it. Not the Catholic Church and all the bastardized churches that came after the Catholic Church that were founded on the Catholic Church, like the Methodists and the Presbyterians, and goes on and on. And then after the Dark Ages, there's no scriptures that say, I gave back my authority. There you go. I just dropped checks out of helicopters for everybody to write checks and bless people. Didn't say that. So if we're going to follow the Bible, then where's the checkbook? Where's the authority restored back to all mankind? Well, it's not there in the Bible, so hmm, might have to look somewhere else. Now, in, in most scriptures, you know, usually when people were given authority, like John was given the authority to baptize Jesus, by a fucking angel. Um, so I'm assuming that if you have authority to bless me, somewhere along in your jaded past, an angel showed up and said, hey, here's the checkbook. Go write checks. Go forth and write checks on God's name. See, and it's all about authority. It's just like, the sheriff has the authority that the police write checks on or tickets. Everybody that's in that county is writing checks on the sheriff's authority. But, but we forget that. We don't realize how authority works. And so we, we go haphazardly through life doing what everyone tells us to do because they say, I have authority. See my badge? So when it comes to religion, you should be willing to look at your pastor, preacher, bishop, whatever, and go, you said you're going to give me a blessing because of my, my sickness. Um, by what authority will you be doing that? And they will go, well, you know, I have, I have faith. Size of a mustard seed, all things shall be granted to me. Oh, but what about passing that on to, to me over here? Well, it's the same. No, it's not, see, because we know it's not because in the scriptures, God said he took his authority to act in his name during the Dark Ages. So there was a difference between just fucking having faith and moving a mountain and giving a blessing for someone else to tell God, restore his sight, restore her health or whatever the fuck. So you, hopefully without 
being totally offensive. You see that there, there's, there's, there's a thing called authority and it operated a certain way and we know how it operated based on the scriptures and it was taken away from us. And so has any church ever went, I got that authority back? Yes, to answer that question. Two religions so far have actually said publicly and in their and in their writings that an angel came and restored the authority to act and work within God's authority. And that's the Mormon church and the door, Christian fellowship. Now, now a lot of people go, well, of course, of course the Mormons say that. They want all the members to themselves. But my point is, see, there's not a picture of like, here's a picture of Bob the prophet. It's like, angel. See, see the wings back there? Yeah, angel giving me authority. No, it's just the fact that a church, no matter who they are, said, an angel came to us and restored authority. See, those two religions actually understand the meaning of the scripture that says, I took my authority from mankind. It's gone. Gone. Just like after the Tower of Babel, when he confront, confounded all the languages, it's not like a week later, all of a sudden, everybody could talk the same language again. No, it fucked everything all up. So for how many years since he took his authority from the Dark Ages to tell these two churches that we have the authority, was there? I'm, I'm not that good at dates and times, but it was a lot. So all these churches that popped off, like like the Catholic Church, if you asked them, and I had a really good friend that was pretty high up in the Catholic Church, I go, what is it that um, you know you think you have the authority? And he goes, well, we always had the authority, even after the Dark Ages and through the Dark Ages, because he didn't take it from us. It's like, oh, then I have a misunderstanding of the word all mankind. Took his authority from every fucking buddy. And that's where you get into the the, uh, the interpretations. Like one scripture, if you're reading King James, English, light version, it might say, all authority. And then maybe the Greek or Latin, it might say nothing of authority. And so therefore the Catholics go, well, we follow that. And some other church might read the fact that it's, you know, the Torah, and they don't believe Jesus has even came yet. So why are we having this conversation? So you, once again, are back on yo-yo time, just you're on your own. You have to be able to read this yourself and not listen to somebody that might maybe possibly be lying to you. Just saying. So we're, we're given this gift, if you want to call it that, of discernment, which means we can actually think about things that are happening in our lives and go, inherently in my gut, this is wrong, or this is the right thing to do. I've seen it happen a lot of times in business where people will come into our showroom and they'll go, oh, I really like that. And then they'll take every other sample in our showroom home and look at them 
and then they they always come back to the first one they pick because our hunch is usually right, you know, our first impression. So we can we can look at this pile of shit and and read the Bible or the scriptures. I'll say, and we can determine how we want to live our life. And we don't need to be preached down to or made to feel bad about whatever it is we believe. And now, as you see in life, what's becoming even more apparent is a lot of churches are changing their structural belief for the congregants. Now, I'm not saying that God loves or hates gays. I'm just saying that a lot of the scriptures say that the man and the woman were married. A lot of scriptures that say, be fruitful, go forth, have babies. You can't do that if you're man and man or woman and woman. You can adopt, and and I'm not saying that that's not a good thing, because there's plenty of unwanted babies out there, and it would maybe if they had changed the way the government looks at things, instead of having abortion, there would be, you know, the next number 356,000, it's your kid. So there's ways to do it. What I'm saying is when you take your church that's fundamentally teaching the Bible at a pure form, and then all of a sudden, well, you can come in and you can be gay and, I'll even marry you. It's kind of gray area there. Um, does God love everyone? Yes, I'm sure. Does God give two flying shits whether you're gay? No, I don't think so. But churches seem to care. So for a hundred years, let's just say of this church being like hardcore, fundamental Bible bashers to all of a sudden say our income is kind of dropping and our members are slacking, so we'll let in the gays. Good. Good thing. But what does that tell you about their value system? Have they allowed their Overton window to just be fucking shut, blindfolded over? Do they have no values? Because for a hundred years, you know, the Puritans, or a thousand years, you know, the Puritans were like the mark of the Scarlet Letter in that movie with Demi Moore and all that were just like extreme. Now, these churches have filtered all the way down to today and that same church that would have put a Scarlet Letter on you 400 years ago. It's not like, eh, it's cool, whatever. And, and so... You'd say to most people think, well, you know, they got to change with the times. Do they? Do they have to change with the times? Because I don't remember reading anywhere in the scriptures where God said, your church must have 100 members minimum. You need to take in $1,000 a week in tithes or offerings minimum if you want to stay open and you want me to continue to bless you or let you use my checkbook. No doesn't say that. And do I believe that most churches, when trying to be good, are good? And and if, if a sinner goes
goes in there, that that's a bad thing? No, I'm not saying that at all. In fact, if gays want to become religious and start looking toward a higher power for what makes them feel good about who they are and, and how they live their life, then great. The churches should accept them. Because when I was Mormon, you know, Mormons don't smoke. Um, my stake president was kind of up there, kind of like your representative, I guess, at that level, um, would say, I, I think every Mormon church should have a smoking you know, room, kind of like they have a, a, a nursery to where you can see into the chapel and watch and hear everything that's going on, and they will bring the sacrament into you. But, you know, like one of the prophets of the church once said, crying babies are like good intentions. They should be carried out. Meaning, don't let them distract from the meeting. We have a room for you. You can hear the sound system, everything. You can watch. Nowadays, you can watch on TV, monitors and stuff. But the, 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 the cranky kid that's not feeling too good can still be cranky, and you don't miss nothing. And they would bring the sacrament. So he believed that there should be a room for smokers that way. It's like, we need you here. You need to be here more than those self-righteous people out there need to be here. So I'm not mocking the fact that there are a lot of people, gays, LBGQ, whatever, everything but Y, X, and Z, um, need that if they want it. And it. And it should be available to those people just like me as a sinner, it should be available because a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin. So just because I go to church and I'm with my wife and she's female and I'm a guy and we have our 2.3 kids, does not mean that I too am free from sin. They don't know. They still preach to me. I need to be there because I'm a fuck up. I'm a, an adulterer or a liar or a cheater in business or fucking mass murder, but I got my, my wife and my kids. But I'm there, and that preacher might say something one day, and it's like, what the fuck? I should not be a mass murderer. Now, it shouldn't be too big of a leap to make, but you need to be in a church for that message a lot of the times. And you're not going to hear it anywhere else in a way to where it might touch your soul to where you're in church going, huh? I'm listening to this guy. See, it's not like on the news where the news lady says you shouldn't be a murderer. Who the fuck is this crazy person killing all these people? And you're like, whatever, stupid broad. You're in church. You hear that. You think a little deeper and you're like, yep, I'm, I'm going to turn myself in and repent. I'm live, hand my life over to God. So I need to be there if I'm that person. Well, the only difference between a gay couple is it screams right there. Him and him, they're married. They're sinners. Now they're being judged by all the congregations, smart, straight, dickweeds, you know, that have just as many skeletons in their closet. Um, so churches should, yes, allow everyone in. But don't come to me and sit there and go, for 200 years, we've been Puritans, and now, all of a sudden, you know. And that takes me back to the authority thing. If you believe in blessings and laying on of hands and praying to God in his name to 
bless or to baptize people, even to do marriages in heaven, you know, like afterlife work on earth that a lot of religions believe needs to be done also. If you're going to profess that, then don't turn around and backpedal on concrete traditional traditions. You know, like all of a sudden, oh, but we did change our mind on that. Now, even the Mormon church went from not allowing blacks to have the priesthood to allowing that. Now, this happened at a time when I was highly active and I had questioned that. I go, well, wait a minute, you know, right now, as it stands, blacks cannot hold the priesthood. And yet, I've been to wards where there are all black, Tongan and Samoyan wards and, you know, different Hawaiians or a lot of black people in Hawaii. They're black. Or, you know, it's like, what do we call her, black? You know, I don't know. So, the bishop at the time, he's like, well, that only applies to African descent of a specific tribe that was cursed because, see, Noah's son was married to a prince of Africa, Egyptus, who was black. And there was some curse thing that went on afterwards. I don't, I don't know. Um, it wasn't there, so I can't remember the details. But so he said, it's not all blacks. People have construed it to mean all blacks, but he goes, it's not. It's just a specific tribe, just like the tribe of Judea are Jews, and they do this, and you know all the 12 tribes of Israel. So he goes, this is a tribe of people in Africa that were black, cursed, because of after the flood. That's it. So yes, there are Tongans that are as black, looking and sounding and, and in color as those from South Africa. But they're Tongans, and, and they've been in the church since the church was created. So it wasn't a race thing. It was a, quite literally, a tribe thing. On a, going back to Noah, fucking plane of existence. So that's why, you know, we as humans need to apply these principles as we take them in through our life and teach our children, well, what do you think? You know, I was talking to my brother about the, you know, God and eternity and life after death. And we always go way off into different things. And we, and we, and we tend to uh, really go out there because we're both that generation that like to think about things we'll never figure out. And I'm talking about religion and, and, and all of that and my beliefs as opposed to his because he's still highly active and I am not at all. But uh, I still try to live my life as if the things I do will still affect me in a life after death situation, judgment type thing. You know, I believe there's a creator. I don't know his or her name, nor do I care. But I know that overreacting to a situation that might be happening here on earth would be, and, and then t t taking action on that and hurting people would be being of the world. You know, you caught up in that. You went to the party and then you got drunk and then you did drugs and then you got in a fight and then you stabbed somebody. So you were at the party, but you're the one that fucked up, not the party.
don't blame the party. So we're here, and and I try to look at things and go, well, if if in, in my community we have thousands of undocumented immigrant children now staying at a facility down the road. And it irritates me only because that's a dropping of the ball of the federal government by not catching them at the border and saying, you you either go there back home or you're arrested for breaking our border laws. And then we'll have a trial. But while you're waiting for that trial, you will be in jail. They won't do that. And so Vision Quest has every right to just sit there and go, oh, you got a bunch of children. I assume they're American citizens because Border Patrol says they are. Because Border Patrol didn't say they weren't. So they must be. That's how the law works. So I feel that our country is slipping into the abyss. And it doesn't make me happy at all. Well, what if I got all pissed off and went down to the border and just started walking, shooting people? God damn it. Well, now I've allowed my politics to create a situation within me to where I will maybe do something wrong. And that would jeopardize my hereafter. So I look at everything through that prism. I don't look at it as like going to hell because my pastor said so. I just look at it as common sense and the gift of discernment to sit there and go, if I take a life, what makes me right? And would that decision, even if I got away with it, jeopardize my judgment? I think it would. Can I explain how? No, nobody can. None of the fake prophets on the earth today can sit there and tell you exactly what the fuck happens. Because even in their vaunted Bible, it says nobody has a fucking clue. So people are just reading it just like Q is watching the news and projecting their thoughts on a situation. And 99% of the time, they're dead fucking wrong. That's why I say it's the preachers of Q. They come out whenever things are bad and they rally the troops and go, yeah. And then come to find out nothing happens. But, they, you know, they're still pumped up. So we'll feed them some more shit and get some more tithing out of them, basically. So you don't want to make those actions or take actions that will jeopardize your eternity. Fuck this planet. So does it bother me and do I complain to my city council and do I write blog posts? Yes, I do. Do I complain about politics on my podcast? Yes, I do. That's as far as I'm going to go because I'm not the person in the decision-making seat. What pisses me off is because I am in the authority decision-making seat. I've given my authority to federal and state people and bureaucrats to do things and they're not doing it but I still don't have the authority to take it upon myself and breach an eternal law of taking another person's life not because I probably couldn't get away with it if I had special training and whatever but I don't want to do that because what happens on the earth really doesn't affect my 10 bazillion years of eternity it's fucking 80, 90 years. So I keep it in that perspective. So 
that was kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit because it just kind of bothers me what's going on in the world and politics and what I see and and, uh, and what's happening locally that I can feel and it costs me money, tax money. And and but it's the same as abortion. I totally disagree with abortion. Might be a woman's right, but it was her right to make a decision before she got pregnant. Now that she's pregnant, it's not her body, her choice anymore. There's another body in there called a baby. And if you commit murder and the woman happens to be pregnant, they will charge you with two homicides, one for her and one for the baby. But if you go get an abortion, it's like totally fucking legal. So do I believe in it? No. Do I think it's between you and God if you want to have an abortion? Yeah, I guess so. Just don't send me the fucking bill. And that's what happens. We get sent the bill to do things that are diametrically opposed to our belief structure. And that's how the politics have gotten out of control. Should have never been that way, but it fucking is. Am I going to go burn down an abortion clinic with people in it? No. Fuck no. How do I care? It's only money. And when you factor in the percentage out of your taxes you pay, it's a penny. I'm not going to kill somebody over a fucking penny. You know, at the end of the year, is it a couple thousand? Yeah, fine. Because also with that money of mine, we have B-1 bombers and cool shit that protects us and our soldiers that are fighting wars that I don't also don't believe in. In other places, trying to keep us safe. We have police and law enforcement and fire department keep us safe. We have 911 systems when they work. That's all part of that giant pot of money that I only paid $2,000 into. So I can look at that penny for abortions and just go, actually, it wasn't even my penny. It was two of his pennies. I, I My money went over here to build a new bomber. So we have to always keep in perspective what we're willing to do. I am willing to lay down my life for what I believe, but I am not willing to take another life for what I believe. So we get sucked into these things, false prophets and all that, and we buy into things that get our head in a knot and we think Q is right. Fuck, we need to overthrow our government. Yeah, because Q likes Trump and Trump is Q. Maybe. So, are you willing to, to believe another, somebody you don't even know, have never met, dictate how you're going to react to a situation? I would hope not, because it'd be extremely dangerous for you and your salvation. So I've been meaning to tell people how I feel about religion for a long time, and I think this is part of me doing that, that you understand that I'm religious, but I don't buy into the bullshit being shoveled by fake prophets and, you know, churches that just pop out of nowhere and fucking Joel Olstein and these people driving Ferraris and making money off of people's hopes and dreams, just like QAnon and, and, and feeding them bullshit so they can keep their money and, and, and their big house and their big crystal palaces and whatever Joel Olstein's built and, and, and their Ferraris and Lamborghinis and when they got to gotta go to a meeting, whoa, look at my $10,000 watch. Oh, time to go. Jump in your freaking armored 
limo with all your entourage and go zipping off to the next scam where you fuck more people out of their money. And then you get on the news and go and talk all religion like fucking dingling Buddha judge. You know, the best thing he ever said was, I don't believe we should use religion as a cudgel. Qualifier one. But I'm sure if God's paying attention with Trump being in there, he wants him out. Oh, okay. Speaking of using your religious beliefs as a cudgel in politics. So these are the people that we give our money to, we give our faith to, we give our hope to. We we suck life from them hoping that they're right. And they're not. So all of my podcasts always lean to the fact that we are human. And we need to count on ourselves. That's what prepping is all about. Self-reliance. And what religion is all about is self-responsibility. And we need to get on those pages and stop worrying about what the fuck's going to happen tomorrow on the media. Like, oh my God, whatever. You know, so I put on a post the other day when I read something about everything all fucked up and and Ted Cruz is going to take somebody to court. And I I made a comment. It's like, when the world collapses, you know, like all of us preppers have a shit hit the fan kind of fucking thing. You know, it's like zombies or an EMP or a financial collapse. The rest of the world will be standing around wondering who we're going to sue because of this. And the federal court system is not going to fix our fucking problem. It's up to us. It's how we do things. So I've rambled on enough. Um, You guys all have an awesome rest of your week until we meet again. Remember, I'm putting together Prepper Gal website. Um, It's kind of already up there, but it's just generic blank pages like Hello World and stupid shit. But eventually it's going to be focused down. I should have that up and running and live to where I can talk about its website domain and have uh, uh, things on Prepper Guy point to that and things on that point to Prepper Guy so we can commingle our content a little bit. And so once again, if you know anybody that likes to write articles or do content creation for women, women YouTubers that are Prepper gals and that that like, you know, getting their point across, um, like... uh, Prepper Potpourri, older gal, uh, she's, uh, we were talking one time, I think uh, we're pretty similar in age and wisdom, and I think she was from Arizona or had gone to a a college that I'd gone to also. So, um, you know, people like that that produce content, videos, podcasts, articles, I will have a, a place for that to reside called Prepper Gal. And I'm pretty sure the uh, I couldn't get PrepperGal.com because somebody's using it, but it's it's only parked, so I couldn't afford to buy it from them. And it was kind of a whim anyway. So it's uh, PrepperGal.life, which I thought, Prepper Girl Life. It's like so fucking cool. And Prepper Girl was taken too. But I stuck with Gal because guy and gal, guys and gals, so... So far, Prepper has two genders, Sky and Gal. So let me know, mark at 
prepperguy.com. And I might be putting some information or emails to, for Prepper Gal, but I, I, I don't know. We made too many compromises already, too many retreats. We invade our space and we fall back. I'm your Huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. That's just my game.